Well, welcome to another episode of Breakaway from the Rat Race. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with Will Basta. Will was born in New York and graduated from Arizona State University. Uh, after an initial career in healthcare uh, and health tech, uh, Will went on to work for a tech startups where he built out sales strategy and marketing teams. Uh, Will and his partners saw an opportunity in the e-commerce industry, which led them to create Ascend Ecom, which is an e-commerce automation agency and investment management company. It's the only company in the industry capable of mixing up logistics, wholesale distribution, and e-commerce growth all in one. So, Will, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Happy to be here. So obviously, this is very different than the kind of like people that are listening to my show normally. We talk a lot about real estate. We talk about yeah. the economy. We talk about the stock market and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. I was very intrigued by, uh, by your business. Uh, and I know that you're passionate about passive income and helping people pa achieve passing in passive income. So let's, uh, let's dive in and talk about your company. What are you doing? How many clients you have? How big this thing is? And uh, then we can dive into the passive income part of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll sprinkle a little bit about how or why we sort of started in the first place. Um, everyone's familiar with Amazon. Obviously, they dominate the e-commerce market, Amazon Prime. You have Walmart out there. That's an emerging e-commerce player as well. And about a few years ago, there was... It was already ingrained in terms of e-commerce in general, knowledge about the space, random investments here and there. And there was agencies popping up and the buzzword was automation. Essentially, companies that would take investors who essentially didn't have time but wanted to be involved in the e-commerce industry and take an investment from them and run and operate an e-commerce business on one of these platforms for them um, with a profit split. So an incentivized kind of partnership in terms of that. And we actually invested in one of them originally a few years ago. And what that did was essentially just show us how inefficient a lot of these organizations were. They had a great business model that was just ineffectively getting executed. And that's where we really saw our opportunity to take a business model that was broken, refine it, legitimize the term automation, and really build out a company that's pretty much done flipped around from the way that we were seeing it out there, which is really a focus on logistics, real infrastructure, ethics at the top in terms of the investment that people are putting in and, and really do it the right way. And, you know, now we're about 20, uh, 32 months in now. Uh, we've got just shy of 500 clients. We've got two warehouse wow. facilities that are exclusively ours in Dallas, Texas, which again, we focus on transparency. So the doors always open on those facilities for clients to come and visit. And then we have our office here in Los Angeles, which I'm currently at right now. And essentially what we do is a similar thing as we can mention before, but we just approach the business completely different. What we, our clients, you know, they come from all different backgrounds, everything from school teachers to retirees, um, first time investors to a lot of real estate investors, people that have, you know, familiarity investing in real estate. And they, they pay an upfront initial uh, infrastructure cost to us. And then they come in with working capital and we pretty much take the entire business from A to Z for them. We build, operate and scale an Amazon or Walmart business for them. And we do this leveraging our infrastructure, our team, our data, our softwares, et cetera. And then moving forward from there, the profits, that's sourcing products, that is prepping packages, that's doing everything from Amazon Prime businesses all the way to directly sending products to 
the end customer. And those net profits that are made on that business, we take a portion of that as essentially our um, our profit split, depending on yeah. the tier that that client invests in. So are you replacing the uh, the FBA model, the Amazon FBA model, which is fulfilled by Amazon or? Uh... No, so we, we build Amazon FBA businesses for clients. We essentially do a hybrid, but in order to do FBA properly, you know, you, you can't just send a product randomly to Amazon's warehouse. So mm -hmm. when you buy something on Amazon Prime and you see those Amazon Prime trucks driving in everyone's neighborhood, most of the products in those trucks are not actually owned by Amazon. They're just, like you said, fulfilled by Amazon FBA, right? Yeah. So I'd say 60 to 70% of them are owned by third-party sellers like our clients. But in order to get it to Amazon's warehouse, it's a lot more complicated than people think. You start a new Amazon business, you have limited warehousing space, Amazon doesn't trust you. You have to essentially package it a certain way, prep the packaging a certain way. There's a lot of factors that play into it and go on and on about that. So on the FBA side of the business, our facility and our supply chain and our warehouse, we're the ones that are sourcing all the products, but they run through our warehouse first in Dallas. And twice a day, UPS comes, picks up, I'd say thousands of packages, hundreds of boxes with packages in, in them and send those sends those to an Amazon facility, which then distributes them out to uh, an FBA warehouse nationwide, depending on our algorithmically what those product or where that product should be placed based on a two-day shipping time. And then we also do fulfill by merchant. So we want to make sure we're mitigating risk across the investment and not just focusing strictly on FBA or strictly on FBM. FBM is us sourcing products the same way, but yeah. they're actually getting sent directly to the client or the customer from our warehouse and not yeah. having Amazon in between. So you have 500 clients right now. Uh, and then, uh, so how, how much would you say the, the volume of business is for these 500 clients? How, how many millions of dollars is that? Oh, I mean, again, you know, in terms of the actual growth, so we've had a lot of substantial growth over the last year so far, but last year, you know, at this point, not this point last year, but last year in terms of overall revenue was 30 million in revenue, but our client base was, we doubled in terms of staff, warehouse, all that. That's around a yeah. hundred clients, 150 clients at that point last year, some of yeah. which started in December. There is a period of time where it takes to scale up. Obviously, you know, right. your 80% of your first year's revenue is made month six to 12 of your first 12 months, not your first six months, obviously. So there, there's a building block phase in general. Uh, and again, it is all over the board. What's going to dictate the revenue for all of our clients or for each client specific store is going to be their working capital because we're still leveraging their capital to purchase products. And the clients with deeper credit limits and credit lines, which you can expand and, and get there eventually, you know, they, they're the ones that are actually in year two we can pump more into their business and it can grow at a substantial rate. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, the way we like to sort of average it out, and I'm not trying to sort of beat around your question. It's just, there's just so many, that sounds like a, sounds, a, <laughs> sounds like a political answer, but yeah, yeah. there's just, it, there's just so many differences on how every client approaches their business yeah. and we can only do what we can do. And if they don't provide us a certain amount of capital, that's going to handcuff us to a certain degree. But if we want to average it out, our packages, you know, can we have some clients that invest seven figures with us and that's portfolios of stores, but per store, mm -hmm. it's can be as low as $20,000 up to 40,000, depending upon the profit split with no add-ons. Yeah. And that break-even point, say you invest 40 K your net profit of $40,000, that break-even point is roughly around 12 to 14 months conservatively. Okay. okay. 12 to 14 months for break-even. 
Okay. So I, I feel like we kind of like, we need a, an example. Uh, do you have an yeah. example of a customer, kind of how they got started, like really with, with an idea really, and then they said, okay, well, I want to go or uh, I want to use your services. So do you, do you have an example like that of, uh, of a client? I mean, there's, I, I, I firsthand brought on our first hundred clients, but I haven't really sold anything. I, we have an entire team for that now. Um, specific examples, you know, again, all different backgrounds. It could be, it could be a made, it could be a made up one kind of like, yeah, a, but at the end, at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, there's clients who have zero experience in this, right? So I'm going to take an yeah. example of that. So for example, <laughs> Gary, I can remember that he's actually a teacher and he wanted yeah. to get involved in, he's from Indiana. I remember this because I had a pretty deep conversation. It was his first real investment. He didn't really invest in stocks in the past or anything, yeah. but yeah. he buys off Amazon all the time. So he came across one of our ads and it was really intriguing to him. So let me tap into this industry. I didn't know you can be involved. He thought all Amazon products were owned by Amazon, mm -hmm. right? Not that yeah. you can actually be be profiting off all the spending that's going on there regularly. So yeah. he came in and he essentially did a $30,000 tier, which that's a 60-40 split. 60% 60 of net profits go to him, 40% go to us, right? So that actual specific, um, that actual specific profit split at that time, you know, that what we sort of estimate is we want you to be able to, by six months, have somewhere roughly around around $40,000, like where you're at with your upfront investment, you want to somewhat match that. So not $40,000, be $30,000. So you invest $30,000, your working capital by the six month when we're ready to scale should be roughly matching that at minimum. When I say working capital, okay. credit lines. Okay. And that's for us to be able to get you to that break-even point in that yeah. 12 to 14 months. He's actually not 12 months in yet. And I don't know exactly where he is. So maybe this is a poor example. Um, but I do know that he did start to hit stride somewhere around six months in terms of consistent daily sales upwards of $1,000. Mm -hmm. um, and that that kind of, those kind of sales come in at different points for everyone. We have some clients that will hit the third month in, some clients will hit their eight month in. And what actually is success to clients will vary. But what we want to get you to on your second year, and we're 90% of our clients that actually have this working capital get to in their second year is yeah. their first five figure monthly profit. And that is actually in a cycle, when I say monthly 30 to 45 days, netting over $10,000. Okay. And so that's, that's the true goal here. It could be the 23rd month. Um, it's sometime in your second year. And again, mm -hmm. that's, that's going to vary. So, so Gary put $30,000, let's say, and does he have to come up with a product or he has a product idea already? And he said, okay, well, I want to sell. Oh yeah. Sorry. I forgot those. I, that, <laughs> that part of that. So his, his idea was not passionately, let me get into e-commerce. It was, let me just make some money off this, this industry that is internationally. Now it's, it's about to tap 5 million or 5 trillion. Yeah. Um, and so no, there's, there's, all the responsibility goes to us. He wants a professional in the seat to run and drive the entire business. What we're selling on his store, if I were to look it up right now, honestly, it's it's everything from potting plants to Barbie dolls to, I mean, shit, you name it. It's it's okay. it's random automotive parts. It's across the board a generalized store. We're going by data on what's going to make the most money, okay. not by. So you're deciding you're deciding on the products. We, that's we decide the every single thing that happens in the oh, store. Okay, they okay. they are strictly just a financial driver. So you yeah. come in, you invest with capital. We take yeah. that capital, we make it work, and we okay. run the entire thing. Okay. Oh, I see. I see. So what we have done, uh, we have done some. We had some experience with with the Amazon thing. We, we did some arbitrage yeah. at one point. So we were kind of like looking at 
uh, different what products were being sold and stuff like that. Yeah. And we say, okay, well, we can sell that same products. We know where they're getting it. We're, they're getting it from Alibaba. We would buy it, come in here and yeah. then sell it ourselves. So that, that was yeah. one part of it. We, uh, it was okay. I mean, uh, but it was very dynamic. This, yeah. It was really a price war. As soon as as soon as you did that, then you end up into a price war to the bottom, and then you had to monitor that quite a bit. So, and then you also have to worry about you know if you're getting from Alibaba, you're getting it overseas, so there's there's supply chain delays and all of that. I mean, yeah, well we now used... there are, but when we did it, there was like it was very yeah. You could potentially do the express the express yeah. Alibaba yeah. AliExpress of it that. And, you, and, know, you, that, had that the, and you had the minimum amount that you had to uh, to order as well. There was a minimum yeah, order the, amount. Sometimes yeah, the a MOQ, huge amount, you know, yeah, MOQ on that. But that's that is you know again those are it's a different time on that yeah. end because when it comes down to the competitive landscape and how this works and why people invest with us. I mean, you look at Amazon, you'd say, hey, is it too late? Am I too late to invest in this? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have somewhere between two to three million sellers in the U.S., North America, mm-hmm. on Amazon. I can slice that into a third. And yeah. say who's actually competitive to ascend clients because a lot of these people are selling one product, they're selling out of the garage, they don't have the scalability of having a, a their own exclusive warehouse facility. They're using a third party warehouse. They're yeah. buying all this stuff internationally, taking yeah. forever to ship. All that we focus on. We are a wholesale distributor as well, and yeah. the fact that we have our own prep center means we're not slicing into the margins because we're doing it all in house. Yeah. And so we're doing day of arbitrage, and we're also doing um, volume discounts because we actually, as a company are also purchasing from a wholesaler that we have a relationship with. We'll purchase somewhere, sometimes up into per month in the seven figures. And when yeah. you buy that much from a wholesaler, what you're getting from that is massive volume discounts. Yeah. And those are off multiple SKUs. And then we have clients buy directly from us at cost. Yeah. They're getting once one or two SKUs. They're getting the benefits as if they dropped yeah, $1 yeah, million yeah. Dollars from the wholesaler, mm-hmm. but they're only buying directly from us yeah, and they're yeah. getting that volume discount. And that's where... They, you can actually undercut competitors on Amazon and they're going to lose money if they try to do a price war with you because they just don't have yeah. that capability. Yeah, that's that's one point. example, obviously. Yeah. But. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. And the thing, what I remember about this business, it was it was yeah. really data intensive. I mean, you had to monitor yeah. your store constantly on Amazon and you just like, it was just incredible. And there was a lot of data, a lot of things that you had to to monitor and even picking the product was not easy because then you would you had some tools that you would go on Amazon and say, oh, this is how much money they're making a month. And then you kind of like, okay, where yeah. can you get that product and stuff like that? And it was pretty yeah. intense. It's, it's complex and it only gets more and more complex. And, and I'm sure it's more complex of, now, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it, there's multiple softwares out there that say they're the best. We use five because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, all of them have some things that they're lacking. And so we mitigate risks across how we're sourcing the software. And then we also just have our own uh, manual scrubbing techniques and our own access to certain wholesale distributors yeah. and wholesalers, um, which helps us sort of get there. But yeah, everything you're mentioning is is still part of the game right now. And mm-hmm. no one has time to do that. So yeah, how do you invest no, in right. e-commerce? But the commonality between all of our clients, whether they're a teacher or you know someone in the financial sector, or real estate sector, they don't have time to dig into this stuff, yeah. but they want, it, they want to diversify out. They mm-hmm. want to do an alternative investment something that's not real estate, that's not stocks, that's not your basic, that's yeah. not as risky as crypto, obviously, um, and stuff like that. So at, at the end of the day, that, yeah, and that's at the end of the day, that's where we sort of come in. We, we look at it as a sustainable investment. It's not just about passive income. It's also about building. This, this is digital real estate because yeah. these digital assets, the way that we build them out, it's not 
we're not breaking any terms of service with Amazon. We're not doing kind of short-term plays, drop shipping, any of that kind of crap. Yeah. We're building a business that its valuation is only increasing, increasing and it's appreciating over time in value. And it becomes something on the open market you can sell down the line. And so we look at the long-term picture, not just, hey, how mm -hmm. much passive income can you make the first year? It's, yeah, yeah let's cash flow. Let's also make sure that the clients that have enough money, they buy two businesses. So they want, they have the opportunity to flip one in two, three years if they want, sell it, yeah. and then also keep one for passive. So you have to look at it as also an asset as well, not just your, your passive income game that's going to last for a year and then, and then drop out. So that, uh, so that store, is it only on Amazon or is it also on, let's say, eBay? Or is it you create a website and you, you do ads and stuff like that, run ads to drive yeah, so that, that uh, website? Right now, we're primarily focusing on the two major third-party platforms, which is Amazon okay. and Walmart. So when someone comes and invests with us, and if they're investing for the first time ever, we focus on Walmart or Amazon first. Yeah. Um, when someone buys a portfolio, they do an Amazon and a Walmart. Walmart is a massively, this is, could be a whole other podcast, but Walmart, as you know, they, they're brick and mortar. They're a huge retailer. Amazon yeah. just surpassed them, but they were number one up until last year, retails yeah. worldwide. They actually were not pumping money into their, their e-commerce capabilities for a while. A couple of years ago, they decided to open up their doors on that. And so now there's still under 200,000 sellers on Walmart. And obviously there's brick and oh, mortar, yeah. mortar marketing all over the place. So yeah. it is... I say that, but I also say that with caution because yes, invest in, in, in getting a Walmart business, but their tech platform is way behind their seller yeah. analytics are way behind. They have all this stuff that, that Amazon is light years ahead supply yeah. chain, a lot of factors that make Amazon superior, but you're investing early on. So if you are aware with that's why we never got a client to invest with Walmart first, you need to understand e-commerce first and see Amazon build out. And then you can get a little bit riskier with Walmart in terms of just how their platform is run and how they are as a company right now in the e-commerce sector. Yeah. They're just wishy-washy. Um, so it's got a little more, a little more volatility, but it's got a great upside. Mm -hmm. So the obvious, uh, the other obvious question is, okay, so why are you, why are you doing that? Like why, why don't you yeah. just run your own store? Why don't you just get the capital and then build, build yeah. your, own, your own capability? Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of ways I can answer this. Uh, I'll give you the first sort of Pick basic one. answers. One. Yeah, <laughs> there's 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 three main reasons. I mean, there's there's the the reason of of hey, having multiple on one or one of those two platforms, more than two, is technically difficult to do and against their policy under one. You need an individual to open up each business, right? Yeah. And the reason why you want to have more businesses is because every business has a different trajectory and every business is selling different products, right? And so at the end of the day, you know, it's the same thing as talking about diversifying your regular financial investments. You want to diversify within e-commerce as well. Mm -hmm. If you have the, the finances and the people that come with us with a lot of with deep pockets, we don't say put all your working capital into one store, get a portfolio of these stores, yeah. right? And we can run slightly different strategies on each of them, right? And that mitigates risk across all of them because you are on a mm -hmm. third-party platform and and you can have different growth trajectories and different private label products and different brands and just different ways to expand upon your e-commerce investment, right? Yeah. There, there's that. And then there's what I'm passionate about, which is the concept of us actually building an investor network, mm -hmm. which I think is, is priceless. And the fact that we have such a diverse pool of people investing with us yeah. and we haven't gotten to this, this stage yet and where I'm going, this might be very, very far ahead, but 
I like the idea of bringing value to, to clients from all different backgrounds. Yeah. And I think that's something we're going to be able to leverage down the line. And we're also going to be releasing a lot more things as we, in the digital space, if you bring yeah. value to a client once, maybe they'll invest with us once and that's fine, yeah. but they will come to us if we have another offering down the line. And that to me holds a lot of value. And then it's also the idea of potentially getting, you know, having some kind of networking event down the line with all these people from different backgrounds. And that is very far, yeah. far down the line. But I look at the big picture in that sense. And I look at this as a true network. And to me, that's very exciting. No, I think this is good. I think this is very, very good idea and have kind of like a mastermind of uh, yeah. e-commerce store and stuff like that and bring network, you know, bring everybody exactly. together and say, hey, you know, share successes and stuff like that. I think that's exactly. a fantastic idea. Uh, so, so you're, one of the things that you were saying, I think it's, uh, if I can paraphrase, is that the reason why you can't do it on your own is that you couldn't just open one store that you called Ascend and with, with your name on it and then sell, you know, 50,000 products. That would be, it wouldn't allow you to do that. You technically could sell whatever amount of products as you want, but each store is going to have just a, algorithmically on the platform. The more stores you have, the more ground you're covering. So the more beneficial okay. it is regardless okay. to have more stores, more stores that are successively healthy and that are ingrained and trusted by Amazon. You're just at the end of the day, you cover more ground. It's just a smarter play. Yeah. And yeah, we could technically open up, you know, we could get age businesses and I mean, to scale to 500 would be, such a complex venture that'd be sort yeah. of pointless. Now yeah. we have the ability to partner with people, use them as an individual to open up their own business. Yeah. They own it outright, but we know how to grow it and scale it. We use their yeah. capital and then we yeah. take a percentage of that actual success and then everyone wins. So yeah. it's a true partnership in terms of performance-based partnership. And we can avoid the complexity of trying to get to 500 stores that we own ourselves. Yeah, which yeah. is a ridiculous feat. <laughs> well, you have enough, you almost have enough employees now. So yeah. Every employee has. <laughs> yeah, right. If we, have, yeah, I mean, yeah, you can look at it that way as well. <laughs> Every employee, you have to open a store. That's yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> so I also want to go back to Gary. So Gary put this thirty thousand dollars, and then so thirty thousand dollars, you're going to build a store for him. It's going to be, I think, at that level. I think you were saying that this would be kind of like Amazon only. And stuff like that if you put more money and the split i think is different the split in profit and you're saying that after two years you expect gary to make like five figures in monthly like ten thousand dollars a month in uh, in profit or revenue so gary specifically has to have in order to get to that point yeah. you need to have the clients that are doing that are they have somewhere roughly around seventy thousand dollars in working capital and credit lines Right. Okay. I'm not sure where Gary's at specifically at this point, but we teach clients how to acquire business credit as well. And that's a huge factor here in terms of you getting to that level and getting to that, that point eventually. Yeah. Um, if you're if you're looking at margins that are roughly, again, it's going to vary per product. And this is sort of yeah. a slightly big range, but between 15 and 35 percent net margins after all said and done per product, um, it's going to vary about based on what you can spend monthly because we're yeah. cycling it. We try yeah. to push through products within 30 days of them getting into the warehouse. It's going, but there's, it's hard to really like, we have financial models that come out, but I'm never a big believer in it because it's very difficult to say, Hey, this is going to sell in this amount of time. We try to push everything out at max 45 days, but we can't control the exact time frame of when products are going to cycle through. You get paid out bi-weekly by Amazon. So yeah. your 30, your 30 K credit line could potentially be 40 K and spend in a month. 
depending yeah. on when you're getting paid out, when you're paying down. So there's all these complexities that involve like where you can get in terms of your working cap capital, but yeah. someone has the right working capital. Someone has 70 K the working capital year two is when things take flight. So year one is a building year. Let's get you to break even. We look, look at benchmarks. Let's get your initial investment made back. Number one goal. Let's build out your store in a healthful manner. Let's get traction on your business. Let's get it flowing. Let's develop wholesale, wholesaler relationships. Let's get your business established on Amazon and let's get your investment made back. Year two, hopefully at that point, you're fully in the clear on that investment. And that's when we really go into scale mode. Now let's double down on us sourcing products. Now everything is a net positive in terms of what you're making, right? Yeah. And so that's when things generally take flight is year two. So there's mm -hmm. obviously a patience aspect in the year one, but if someone has that ability, there is at some point in the first, in, in month 12 to 24, yeah. there's going to be a starting point where there's going to be your first month which is your first month out of a 12 month period where you will actually hit that six figures, right? Yeah. You're going to have to hit that six figures in profit in that 12 months, not yeah. saying from 12 to 24, but it could be month 18 yeah. to month 30 mm -hmm. or something along that point. And that's, yeah. these are our goals. Like I said, this is a two way street on this investment. We need to make sure you're providing the right capital, yeah. but we have the resources to do that given mm -hmm. that, that, that is met. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to kind of like figure out kind of like what is what would be an expected kind of like cash on cash return for for that particular investment. If you know, if you were, let's say to, you know, even if you think of it as a real estate investment, like as an, an apartment building or a rental property, you put some money down, you get some rent, you get some of that yeah. cash flow and you sell it after five years. What's the cash? Let's cash let's flow? just look. Let's just look at, at at your let's just say a client is 24 months in. Right. Yeah. The clients that we have that are over 24 months that have that kind of capital yeah. on average, the best month we've ever had for a client, I'll start there, that yeah. I'm aware of, uh, they made 29, just shy of $30,000 net profit in a month. Okay. That's in one month, right? We took a percentage of that, obviously. Yeah. Um, so they, they keep 70%. Oh. They keep 70% of that because this is a handoff investment. Okay. So they, have, yeah. they end up with 21K and their initial investment was 70K. They're, 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 well, no, their, their actual working capital is somewhere in the six figures that we're pumping into products. Their initial investment was 40K. 40K, 40K gets, you a oh, wow. gets you a 70-30 split, right? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah. That, that, that month happens sometime in year two. I don't know. I can't, frankly, I don't know exactly when, but I remember seeing yeah, that yeah. and be like, oh shit, that's the biggest month we've ever had with a client. That yeah. client currently, right now, sits somewhere hovering around 23 to 24K in monthly net profit. That was a huge month. It had something to do with generators um, and a hurricane in Florida <laughs> yeah, yeah. and okay. us having generators on their store. So there's yeah. a slight bubble there. We could get back up there, but this client actually now has a portfolio of stores with us. So yeah. he is he is investing his capital across multiple businesses now, and he's okay yeah. with keeping that hovering around that 20 to 25K monthly, right? While these yeah. other stores are growing up and getting to that point, and yeah. they're actually gaining value and appreciating as an actual online commodity. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's the smartest way to approach it in that sense. That is the biggest, obviously the month that we've had. If you look at clients that are in that, that 18 to 20, 18 months or further, and they've got to that good peak and they're, they're not pumping. There's a point where we have a conversation with our clients where we say, Hey, you should look into expanding your portfolio, not yeah. just pumping all of your money into this store. Because yeah. there's a point, not where it plateaus, but where it's going to like, the growth is not the same. And you're better off ROI wise opening up a second business with us 
because that's yeah, just so that's, another store. That was something that I was I found interesting. I mean, why in why start another store? Is it because Amazon is trying to help the new stores? They say, oh, this is a new store. Let's. It's help because them out. it's because there's a huge market for these stores in terms of selling them. Uh, okay. Like I said, it's real, it's real estate. It's real estate. There's a massive market. Um, okay. You know, we I I've flipped over ten stores um, so far of my, myself. Um, yeah. We currently own four internally. Um, there is a massive market for ones that are not even actively selling based on their history, based on their revenue, based on what wholesale agreements are in place, based on the branded private label products that they have in place. What the, There's a lot of factors that play into it. But yeah. the point of having a second store is opening up the capability for you to be able to actually, you're malleable in terms of what you can do with these businesses. You can sell one if you want and yeah. not get rid of your passive income is my point. Yeah. And you yeah. also you also, on top of that, if one store is a wholesale-based store, that second store, we can focus deeply on private labeling. And private labeling, I'll yeah. touch on this lightly, that's that's when you actually, you take something, for example, let's just say this iPhone charger, electronics are the most oversaturated items on Amazon, so don't take this to heart. Just using an example because it was in front of me. But you take, you take something like this and we negotiate with manufacturers, we get a low cost per unit, and we brand it to that client store, yeah, it could yeah, be yeah. cooking wear, whatever, and then you can charge, there's the perceived value aspect, you can charge $49.99 with it for this because eventually you can get to that point once you've got enough yeah. reviews, et cetera, because this brand is worth that, right? Yeah. When someone will spend that and then someone will buy the same product for $9.99, but mm -hmm. you're, you're able to run. My point is we can focus yep. a strategy on the second store and private label and we can sort of mitigate and sort of change, mitigate risk and change fulfillment and product strategies on multiple stores while you're actually just gaining two assets. Yeah. So. Yeah, we did actually uh, some private label on uh, some wine. It's kind of like a wine cover for traveling and stuff like that. So it's okay. put your, and we, we did the branding. We went to Alibaba. Yeah. They built all of that for us. And then they yeah. shipped us like a, a million of them. And then <laughs> so we'd send them to Amazon for FBA and stuff like that. Yeah. But what we were, and this is where you, I think you add a lot of value, a tremendous amount of value is on, you know, keeping that store going, keeping the sales going, all the analytics, all the logistics and stuff like that. And this is something that we didn't have. And it was, yeah. it was actually, even though we thought it was a good idea, the dynamics of the market, like when we tried to sell, then the, the other people that were also high had these wine, uh, wine container kind of thing. Uh, yeah the wine bags then they started dropping price then we kind of like drop price and then we kind of like boop, 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 and then that's an entire thing yeah it becomes yeah, a headache was, at that point yeah. and it's like yeah. you don't want to be you don't want to be dealing with that shit yeah. <laughs> well it's a side thing you know what i mean yeah. and, and that's yeah. that's where we come into play and also like i can't i can't stress this enough the fact that like say there's someone who is running their own amazon business right and they're yeah. they're doing fbm fba they also most of the time they're actually sometimes you can get it prepped ahead of time from the supplier but they're actually sending their products that they're buying and they're sending it to a 3PL center, right? To get prepped to send to Amazon or to send to the client. That yeah. third-party logistics center, that warehouse is getting used by hundreds of other different people, whether yeah. they're Amazon sellers or not. There's zero prioritization and they're yeah. slicing into the margins because the turnaround time is like two, three weeks and they're charging two, three dollars a package to prep it. Wow. We don't have any of that. Yeah. This is all, you're an Ascend client. It comes to an Ascend warehouse. It's only used by Ascend clients with all the same employees with a wrapped in price. It's a yeah. flat fee. And we're 10 minutes from an Amazon logistics center. Okay. And so like, 
you're getting an infrastructure and a whole logistics company under your umbrella of your investment. There's no outsourcing anywhere in how we built this business. And that's why we came into it, knowing that every automation company is outsourcing their entire process, which is not focusing on sustainability or longevity in the long term. And we knew we could switch that around. And it's a simple thing, but it makes a huge impact on the bottom line of the business and the trickle down effect on the client's uh, outcome. Oh, I see. So then, so yeah, so you package this and then you, you know, and then you say, okay, well, you know, there's like 10 that goes to to John, 10 units that goes to, uh, you know, Bill, well, five units. That it's actually goes per, then, it's actually per client though. Per so time. we don't, okay. yeah. So we're not cannibalizing on any, and no one's selling okay. the same products. Okay. Well, let's just say okay. John, John, Jane, and Jimmy, they get their products get sent in. <laughs> yeah. They get sent in from their yeah. capital. Someone's yeah. selling brown, brown shoes, someone's selling water bottles, whatever it is. Um, they're obviously under them. They, they get scanned in, in our software and then they get prepped. We use a FIFO system first in, first out. So as yeah. products come in, our team goes down the assembly line, cool. breaks it down, throws them in a pulley bag, yeah. sends them off to Amazon um, and or the actual customer if it's an FBM product. So okay. we're doing that whole supply chain internally. Wow, that's great. That's that's very good. I think that saves a lot. So yeah, so you handle a lot of that. You handle a lot of the the whole management of, of that store as well, which is... Uh, which is yeah. a big one. And I, the market is, I know, I remember the market is very dynamic. I mean, we, we did a few business. We also had like a gourmet sauce company as well that we were okay. selling FBA Amazon. And that didn't, that didn't do very well because the cost of shipping was all last. The cost of shipping was ridiculous. So we we're basically yeah. subsidizing sauce around the US. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but be, be, instead of going there, let's just talk about a kind of like, some someone out there is listening to to you, Will, and then they say, "Hey, I want to do this. I have I have thirty or forty thousand dollars. I want I want to do this business. How do I get started?" Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you go to our website. If you want to set up a call? Um, our calls are our sales team is not salesy. It's extremely educational because it is a partnership. Um, that consultation call will be a set of questions, takes under two minutes. Get set up with a call with us. We just want to learn about your background, why you want to invest in this industry. We'll explain the business model. If it makes sense to continue the conversation, we'll go from there. Our website, we actually just relaunched a new website. So it's got a lot of cool information on it. Publications um, from our company, Forbes, et cetera, we've been in. So there's some cool stuff on that. Podcast links like this will be there. It's www.ascendecom.com. That's A-S-C-E-N-D-E-C-O-M.com. Then obviously our social channels, we post almost every day on Instagram. That's ascend underscore ecom. That's at Ascend underscore Ecom and then our YouTube mm-hmm. channel as well. Um, so that's the best place to actually get started after that call. Things work out and then, and then we roll a process out from starting to getting live. It's about under 30 days. From signing to going live is slightly under 30 days and then we launch. And you tell me which products I'm going to get, uh, which we just, yeah, we just moved to ClickUp. So everything is consolidated under a whole um, software that's got communication channels to our team, your store managers. Um, yeah. What products are getting bought? Um, you fill out a form on where your working capital is the first 30, 60, 90 days, yeah. where they are in the warehouse. And then you have access to your Amazon seller account and you can see these products go active. If there's products you don't want to sell for some certain reasons, um, we can obviously not source certain products. Some people are particular on certain things. Some We have some clients that are big on the environment. They don't want to sell anything that's plastic. Completely understandable. So we can make those alterations based on certain things. Other than that, though, it's you say, hey, I've got... 20k I have to spend on products the first 90 days. Yeah. We work with what you, we work within what you provide to us, and you'll see it sort of play out from there. We're not one thing we're not doing is if someone has a 20k business credit card or credit line, 
we're not just dropping 20k on one product like that in yeah, the beginning. Yeah. It would be not wise to do that, and it's also it's just not smart in the first place. Yeah. And so we have companies that we partner with in the wholesale side that have very low order quantity limits MOQs. So yeah. we start out with purchases of 500, 2,000, and we spread it off, spread it over the first couple few weeks. Because yeah. as those products come in and they start to sell and your store starts to get traction, you want to make sure you're not maxed out on your card and you'll get you'll get paid out at an incremental manner from Amazon in the beginning. They're yeah. a little weird as a yeah. new seller, as you're probably familiar with. They don't pay you out yeah. directly what they owe you in the beginning. They like to hold yeah. your money. And yeah. so we don't, we don't want to put clients in any kind of tough position. So we strategically will play it out in a certain way. But if you are a client that has certain kind of, like, again, you're the financial driver. It's your business. You own it out, right? You let us know what you're willing to spend. Yeah. and how you want to approach the business and we can always iterate as things expand okay and then if uh and then, so i can basically pick pick these you're gonna do you have a list basically of things that i can pick in terms of products or otherwise you know you're gonna pick yourself it's it's can... it's honestly it's not even it's on most people come in here and they they're doing this for the this is a money driving investment it has nothing to do with what we're, we are oh, i'll give you an example yeah so like people come in with passion projects yeah. And, and that's just not what this is about. This is about okay, yeah. us say, selling what's do whatever. Yeah. This is this is this is going to make you money. I mean, you can't. A lot okay. of our clients are selling diapers. You know, if you don't want to okay. sell diapers, let us know. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> my point yeah. is, we are selling all over the map on what okay. we know we can make money off of, and that's the important thing for this investment. When we yeah. get to private labeling, yes, you might have some choice in terms of, hey, I want to go do something in the kitchen. We can narrow it down a little bit when it comes down to sourcing private label products okay. when it's wholesale barbecue sauce to barbie dolls like it's everything okay yeah so you would basically yeah so it's everything or i would say you know what i don't want to do plastic i don't want to do vape. yeah you know i don't want to process do... of elimination if you don't want yeah. something yeah, sold yeah. then that's that just let us know we, we can't sell yeah and then we'll just run with it from there you just do whatever okay and yep. then okay and then some and then if i want in the midway i say oh this is fantastic i want to double my money do I add up in, on top of my stores or do I just start another store after that? Depends on where you're at. Um, it depends on where your store is at in terms of trajectory. How We'd have to do an assessment. We'd have a yeah. call with one of our directors and say, hey, this is where it's at right now. This is what your store package currently is. Yeah. And then what we'll do is we'll say, hey, it makes sense to add private label to this specific store or it makes sense to open a Walmart business. Mm -hmm. With this success here, we can cross sell some of the same products you're doing well with on your Walmart store. Yeah. as well and yeah. you'll have higher margins on walmart just a little bit less foot traffic so there's wow it's, it depends on the situation that sounds that sounds uh that sounds great i mean this is really truly hands-off we give yeah. you a bunch of money and and then you give us some money back and one thing i do <laughs> want to mention is we actually guarantee the investment so it is okay. secure in the fact that you invest 40 grand with us there's a contractual guarantee that at minimum you make that back or else we'll buy back your business for the difference in what you didn't make. So if you made 30 grand, it's a 24 month guarantee. Most people break okay. even in half the amount of time. Our term, our term is 24 months. People ask, why isn't it 12 month guarantee then? It's the way we're lining up our guarantee with our, and we also need to make sure that there's flexibility in what people can spend. Cause some okay. people have less credit limits in the beginning and we just can't customize these contracts. But point is, if for some, this has never happened to us, but if for some reason you've only made 30 grand net out of yeah. 40 grand in 24 months, we'll pay you $10,000. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. That's absolutely yeah. amazing. So yeah. risk-free. Yeah. And you, you're guaranteed to make money. Yeah. I mean, I, I, every business has its risks. So I hate to say risk-free completely, but it is a secure investment. 
We are 100 percent secure. The only risk you have is that within 24 months you're not making money. You're making zero. Yeah, you're breaking even. even, You're breaking even. And if you bought product, and that's we can liquidate product out. So if you have 10k sitting product, and that always comes up in question, um, we'll either buy that back from you, or we'll zero out the inventory and you break even on the product. Okay. Um, yeah, because I don't want to have like a, a thousand spatulas and and I don't yeah. need di- and I don't need yeah. diapers. So and also know. we're not yeah we're also not <laughs> bullish on buying a bunch of shit that's not selling. So we rarely come into that. At most, you might have three to five k of, of something that ends up being a dud because Amazon came in with their analytics and yeah. undercut us because they're a billion dollar company. Yeah, and then yeah, we yeah. just zero out the inventory. You break even on it. Margins are one percent. Yeah, you know that's I mean? kind of my uh, one of my other questions is like, you know, Amazon is they're seeing what sells, they're seeing everything and they're doing their own products right now. So what are the chances that they're going to go and come up with their own diapers and uh, spatulas yeah. and then you're out of the market? They are. And I wish I actually I read this two weeks ago, very, very briefly. It was a headline my business partner sent me. They're actually reducing their Amazon basics line. So they there's there's they're in some battles right now about monopolizing the industry for third-party sellers too um legally <laughs> federally yeah. too and they've decided to reduce a lot of the stuff that you just mentioned yeah. or at least begin reducing it um that being said yeah our biggest risk in the industry is not someone else undercutting us it's amazon right yeah, so it's fast right. it's fast paced that's why we're good at what we do is because we we move really fast on our toes when things happen and things come into play and why we're sourcing different products. Yeah, there is that 10 to 15% chance that we'll run into a product that we'll source and Amazon will come in. And like I said, you're not going to lose money on that. We'll yeah. break even on it, right? But the way that our team actually does this product sourcing, it's not just about, um, you know, it's not just about competitor. Well, it, it, there's a lot of factors. There's competitor inventory levels. So are they running yeah. low? Does Amazon have anything in there at this point? And sometimes with timing, you just, you're fucked. Sorry for my French, but... You just come in at the wrong time, and that's yeah. just pure bad luck. Yeah. Um, but most of the time, are they selling? How many competitors are there? Predictive data, historical data, um, mm-hmm. a mix of all of that. Yeah. And then store help. The competitors that are there, do they have two-store reviews? Do they have three-star reviews? Yeah, so yeah, all these yeah. things sort of play in algorithmically. That's true, too. Like, yeah, this is another thing, too. Of why can we come in yeah. why, and take this product and become yeah. the lead seller on it? But yeah. also, don't be so bullish with your initial purchase inventory yeah. because- if you are too bullish and then Amazon comes in, then you are stuck with 30K of inventory, right? Yeah. Which you have to zero out. So yeah. we start in increments and we build yeah. confidence in our investor and also in the store. Yeah. And then we sort of go from there. I have two more questions. Uh, yeah. One of them is that is there any seasonality? Like, is this, is there a better time for me to come in? We're approaching, let's say, Thanksgiving, Christmas. Yeah. Is this a good time right now? Or should I have started in, in March where nothing's happened? Yeah. Uh, so you want to, obviously Q4 is the biggest time of the year, yeah. January, February, the slowest time of the year for most products, not for some of our, our product lines that sells the best, like supplements and stuff like that. Cause yeah. everyone new year, new me, a lot of like nutrients oh, yeah. and stuff will sell in January and February. At the end of the day, in order to really capitalize on Q4, you want to be three to four months in, right. Okay. To fully, fully capitalize. But it's not saying, Oh, wait to invest in January. But yeah. ideally, if you had the choice. You would invest in the spring, have yeah. a ramped up store going into Q4. Yeah. But if someone were to come in and invest now in September, they'd be live in October and they would still have a big bubble boost of their first three months given yeah. it's Q4. Um, but that being said, established stores do better in Q4 time. Also, yeah. there's inventory limits that Amazon puts on you as a new seller. 
but it's sort of I, I'm giving a gray answer because it's never yeah. a bad time to start. But yeah, ideally, you going into the highest sell time of the year, you want to be an established store. You'll just yeah. do better overall. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, so uh, actually, I lied. I have two more questions. Another uh, <laughs> question is that. I, I, you know, Gary, maybe he wants to be more involved in this business. Uh, he wants yeah. to do Google ads and drive people to his business and stuff like that. Do you recommend that? Is this something that they yeah. can do? Uh, we have clients that we talk to every single day and clients we don't talk to for months, right? So yeah. as high touch communication wise to find out what's going on or as low touch as you like, you own the business outright. If you want to go on and go on your little entrepreneurial venture on your Amazon store while we're building out a successful business for you, you can do that. Like you could still leverage your own store yeah. as long as it's, we're aware of it and we're working on this together cohesively where yeah. it's not having a, you know, it's not a deterrent to the growth. Right. So yeah. that's possible. We don't run ads to stores because unless it's private label, obviously that's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say no to that. You know, we're yeah. a flexible company. We're not rigid. People want to get involved in certain ways. We have people who have brought brands to us that have been dying and they wanted us to bring in our business model and then hopefully revive what's going on. And we've done that before. And then we've yeah. also just said, this is a dying brand. We're not going to put our resources in this. We'll just sell through. And so yeah. those calls generally come across my desk. Um, if it's something that is unique, myself yeah. or Jeremy or maybe Michael. Um, but we're flexible in that sense. Yeah. Some people have business ideas or stuff that is already doing well on Amazon. And they want our management to come in run our model, but also sort of work with what we can work with, yeah. with them. And that is a complex case and something that we were open to. Yeah. Or I'm a chef and stuff like that. And I want to just like uh, focus. Yeah. On we have a guy who owns a restaurant business, yeah. a restaurant business in, um, in Manhattan. He, he owns, I think a couple of successful restaurants and he actually came to us and had already done half a million in revenue previously before we took over management. Um, and, but he was only selling cooking supplies on yeah. his Amazon store. There's a lot more opportunity than just cooking supplies. So we yeah. took what he's selling, the success of that, we're keeping that volume moving and we're expanding his portfolio, his cat product catalog on his store. So he's not narrowing himself down and we're opening up categories. Now he's yeah. selling vacuums on his store too. Now he's yeah. also selling on Walmart with the same successful products at higher margins. And so we take a model that's working yeah. and we just make it work better, you know? Okay. That sounds, that sounds very good. The final question. Uh, <laughs> I'm an impatient. I don't want to wait 12 months for it. To, I want to buy an existing business. So what, yeah. do I go to you and say, hey, you know, do you have a, I want to buy a business yeah. that's already been running. Is that, is that recommended? Do you, uh, do you have these? Do I... So yes and no. I, I, at the end of the day, each business that opens up is open up under an individual name, right? So yeah. you're losing up an opportunity not to open up your own store regardless, right? Because yeah. it's, it's real estate. So I recommend always leveraging your name and your address to open up at least your business on Amazon. Yeah. If you want one that is accelerated, we have a whole list of stores that come across our plate weekly that are actively and non-actively selling. Um, some that are still active, but their inventory is out, but it has a history, the health of the store since the data, since our first sale. And those stores have wider inventory limits and can accelerate the process of growth. And then there's ones that are turning revenue. Those ones we don't come across to as often. Uh, it just depends. Yeah. Um, and there are obviously platforms for that too. You can go on Thrasia, I believe it is, and Flippa, these third-party websites where they have private label stores that are selling for the six figures. Okay. Um, but if you just want to skip the the strategical, the, sort of like that that building block phase, up, where, yeah. yeah, or just accelerate it a few months, 
we can easily source a store that can put you in to a better position um, than you would be and maybe turn that breaking that break even point from 12 months to nine months, et cetera. Okay. Case by case. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Well, Will, that was uh, that's amazing. Amazing conversation. Thank you very much for sharing every all, all that wealth of knowledge. I think that's a lot of people are going to be very interested in that. And uh, if you can repeat, uh, I'll also going to have them in the show notes, but repeat how they can reach out to you, how they can reach out to uh, and book a call with uh, one of your consultants. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's www.ascendeclm.com. That's www.ascendecom.com. A lot of stuff on that website, like I said before, publications, information about our business models, et cetera. Uh, and then you can book directly um, to under two minutes of questions just to sort of clarify a couple of things. And a call will get booked on one of our director's lines, short 20-minute consultation call. You can also follow us on all of our social channels. And there's just our all of our stuff is very educational on our on our IG and stuff. So we we talk about the industry, we talk about business insights. It's not just strictly Amazon <laughs> or Walmart. So it's an interesting page to follow, but we also have yeah. updates about stuff that's going on in the industry that's you know pretty important. And so we that's at ascend underscore ecom, A S C E N D underscore E C O M for the IG handle and just to send ecom for YouTube. So yeah. you can find us on all those in LinkedIn as well. Uh, yeah. And that's where, that's where you find Excellent. us. Well, thank, thank you very much. I mean, it's a uh, great business. I'm really intrigued and uh, you might get a call from me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's been great. It's been great chatting with you, man. I, I appreciate the questions and, and a pleasure. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for listening to Break Away from the Rat Race with your host, Eric Martel. If you want to share your story and experience with our listeners, please message us on Facebook at Break Away from the Rat Race. Also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast on iTunes.